You're listening to The Real Wealth Show with Kathy Fetke, the real estate investor's resource. Hey, it's Kathy Fetke. And Rich Fetke. <laughs> and we're here to do another Real Wealth story. And we are really totally inspired by today's guests. Yeah, I mean, one of the beauties of running this organization and being involved with all our members and everything is how we get so inspired by their stories and their plans and their goals and their dreams and that they take action. And so being around this network of people who make things happen is really cool. And this couple is definitely one of those type of people. (laughs) So let's go to the interview with Ryan and Mav. Well, Ryan and Mav, welcome to The Real Wealth Show. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. We're so excited to hear your story because it is really what so many people are trying to achieve. And I think you'll inspire a lot of people through your story. So what attracted you to real estate and investing in particular? Yeah. So do you want to go first? Uh, Go ahead. ahead. (laughs) Um, So I think... um, it goes back to early days, you know, our, my parents at least, and his parents too, they came here as immigrants and it's kind of that whole American dream, you know, find a job here, build a career, um, own a home. And, um, I think we kind of followed in those footsteps in hopes that we would achieve a similar dream. Um, of course, with even greater opportunity. And I think that's um, the benefit of being second generation here in the U.S. is you get to learn from the um, the wins and the losses of your, of your parents. And so um, for me, at least, um, my journey started pretty early. I've always been um, very career driven in my own career and always had this goal of um, fresh out of college, owning my own property. And so um, I I started pretty young um, out of college. I um, worked throughout college, did the old fashioned saving your own money. Um, And then the 2008 housing crisis was really an opportunity for me. And so that's when I launched my adventures in real estate and bought a a tiny little one bedroom condo in um, San Jose, California. Yes, nice. <laughs> good timing. Um, good timing. Um, and I reap the benefits from that. And so kind of the rest is, and, and Ryan here is, um, is really kind of helped me with my ability to take more risks. And um, that's where our journey, I think, really yeah. launched was after that point. I think from there, when we, uh, you know, after that, we saw the uh, housing crisis, we saw that the increase in the equity of the home, like, oh, we could actually sell this and, and kind of get a single family home, get our family started. Uh, so we did, we sold that, um, we got married, and then we bought a home, uh, a three, two single family home in San Jose. This is probably about 2014. Yeah, 2014. And then we started to realize, wow, the exponential growth from just owning a home. Uh, and then I think it was around 2018, we decided, what happens if we sell, use the equity to reinvest further? Because I think during this time between 2014 and 2018, we actually um, got introduced to real wealth. And then uh, we purchased one home in the Cincinnati, Ohio area. And we started to see uh, what cash flow is like, plus equity growth. Uh-huh. Like, oh, this mm-hmm. is actually really profitable. And so we started to do the number crunching. So I'm a, I'm a big... Uh, uh, numbers Excel person. So I, I did <laughs> nice. all the scenarios. And so what we did is we actually sold our 
our our primary residence when was this 2019 a couple no 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 i 20 i think 2018 we just missed the boat when it was at the very yeah. the peak um but then we were like okay there's still opportunity there and um going back to what i was saying earlier with the risk taking i had envisioned that san jose home being our forever home um mm. and then we just i something clicked i think um we just left the emotions aside and once we sold that home it was kind of this weird freeing experience where we're like well, we have all this cash flow that we could use um, or this investment opportunity that we can use in capital. Um, and it kind of just became this um, this game <laughs> in a way. Well, I think um, yeah. part of it was we started to realize the value of cash flow plus also what we wanted to do as a long-term goal. And then we, we kind of just took a basic step back like, whoa, we can, if we actually just continued down this path, we could actually retire at a much younger age than 65. Is that the long-term goal that you're talking about? Yeah, financial yeah. freedom. So yeah. our financial freedom goal, and we're like, wait a second, if we just did this one move, it could actually open the doors to this other avenue. And so right now our, our financial goals and financial freedom goal is you know, to be actually financially free in probably about three to four years. So, yeah. wow. Uh, so, yeah. So we're, we're on track to hit that um, potentially. And I think, um, you know, it's, it comes with its like risks and, um, you know, your learnings, like obviously when we bought the first home in Ohio, um, we thought the right thing to do once we sold our home was paid off completely right away. <laughs> and I was like, Oh dang, why did we do that? And now we're like, okay, well, how do we get some, use some of that money? So it's just, a lot of learnings that we're we're taking on and i think even though we will have that financial freedom like with growing up as right with immigrant parents you're kind of taught this whole way of you work until you're 65 and then you retire and I, maybe that's a, a u.s thing too it is too uh, yeah for sure it's just <laughs> you know it's the way it was why do you have to do that i i'd like to be like rich and and kathy and go surfing on the beach when i want to go surfing on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> maybe i'll learn to go surfing first um, <laughs> but, um but like why does it have to be that way and i think people don't ask that question enough they're just used to the conventional way of living and totally um i think we're obviously learning and we're still newbies but um just in the last five years alone it's been pretty crazy on how how much we've learned and um saw the opportunity and in just even investing in that ohio market and um you know you talk about kathy you've talked about like the equity play there and like the cash flow play like equity versus cash flow mm -hmm. and in ohio we're seeing both which is really yeah, cool. i know isn't that amazing so um, yeah. Did you invest for both or was it more investing for the cash flow? So the yeah. original plan was cash yeah. flow. So okay. uh, for us, it was, you know, we have a lot of other equity plays. So we have a property in Florida uh, through real wealth as well. Um, but we also have others, right? So it's obviously we have equities and all these other ones that are like high growth plays. But like, okay, well, let's, let's work on the cash flow conservative portion of our portfolio. Smart. So when we started seeing Ohio having such tremendous gains in a year, we're like, what happened? <laughs> when did this happen? <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it was a good accidental stumble upon. So, yeah. but uh, it, was, it was nice to see that. And I think it's really exciting because most people at our age don't really think of doing stuff like this. Like, again, for us, it was all about what we learned a lot growing up was save, save, save your money. And I think 
yes, that is the foundational thing that you need to learn is how to save your money. But then saving money as we're seeing now is kind of, you said it this morning to me, like it's kind of also lose, you lose money because of inflation. If you're just having it sit there, mm-hmm. um, you're going to be ultimately losing the money. And so like, how could we um, continuously learn and invest so that it's, it's making money for us rather than just sitting there in the bank, um, the old fashioned way of what is it like 0.001% increase. <laughs> we, don't, right, yeah. you know, we don't want that. And so um, just, it's a lot of learning and we're, we're still going through it, but it's, it's really exciting to have the opportunity and to be in the space and with real wealth network, um, it, you guys just make it so easy. Like the teams that you choose, um, especially in Ohio, we're so spoiled with Missy and her team. Um, <laughs> like, so spoiled with their team because they're just so great at it mm-hmm. um, and we're continuously learning you know how how do we keep on top of it it's it's really becoming its own business in a way to be honest which is which is why in a couple years like one of us will have to just solely look at it because it's it's hard to do it along with our our regular tech jobs <laughs> that we do every day yeah you work a lot of hours in your tech jobs Oh yeah, yeah. I think we were talking with Ben, right? Oh, who, who, you were talking with talking Ben, ben. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's standard Silicon Valley tech hours plus having a two-year-old plus having investments. <laughs> oh my! It's yeah. uh, it's one of those where there's not enough hours in the day to do everything. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, we just like the the opportunity for the freedom, you know. Um, also the opportunity to potentially teach others who are like us, um, younger in career didn't necessarily come from a ton of money, um, Mm. but grew it ourselves through, um, you know, a lot of people think that you need a lot of money to invest, um, in properties, but as if you're working in California, especially, um, in, in these high paying jobs, there's, there is a way. Um, and I think with the real wealth network, we, we've definitely learned that. Yeah, there's a couple of things that really stand out. Number one, you both are aligned in your goals. And mm-hmm. that is huge. That's mm-hmm. huge. So whose idea was that? Or did, was it just a natural thing for you? Um, <laughs> I guess from a value standpoint, I, I, so we've been together since college, probably 16 years now. So it's uh, we've been together for a while. And so one of the things is obviously like our values always aligned one way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the bottom line, it's, nice. you know, we it's, it's almost a give and take, but I think for, for from an investment standpoint or an investor standpoint, I think both of us are in agreement that you know we're we have a, a threshold of a risk taking that we're willing to accept, um, but at the same time we also understand what stagnation looks like, right? So if you you look at uh, we we have concepts and theories of what an investor is, and we live by these concepts and theories, such as you know for us we recently understood that the value of time or time as, as a whole is an asset that most investors don't mm. actually take advantage of. Amen. And at a young age and understanding that as, as a concept, you have to take advantage of that because money without time is, is a zero sum game also. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, awesome. you know, it's one of those things where we just have to really look at the algorithm and look at the, the formula and, Make sure we're both on the same page, and if we're. And both do you sit perfect. down together and do that planning and learn? Do you study together? Oh gosh, um, so I I think you'll get a kick out of this because Ryan is such an Excel geek, and I mean that's what he does for a living: <laughs> is selling selling data and telling a story through the numbers. And so mm-hmm. uh, he'll the way he since I'm not as big a risk taker as him naturally, 
um, he had to take me along that journey. And so he'll oftentimes like do these crazy spreadsheets and show me, okay, here's if we do this scenario, A, B, or C, here's what will happen. And it, it basically sells me every time because the numbers don't lie. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, if you can kind of sit down and, and look at that together and, um, and tell a story um, of truth through the numbers, um, it's pretty easy for, for me. That's why I love it when like teams, like property teams will show us like examples of what do these numbers look like from a cash flow standpoint. Um, those are the teams that can like easily, you know, get, get my attention. Um, and Ryan does the same thing. And so we definitely align um, quite regularly, I would say. Yeah. And I guess from a learning standpoint, I, yeah, I just try to read and, and obviously like consume as much information as I can, right? It's up to the user or, or us to discern whether or not that's the correct methodology for, for our own self. So there are tidbits here and there that I take and then I, I form and mold and, and, you know, plug it into a spreadsheet and kind of craft up a story, right? But I think at the end of the day, it still also comes down to, look, you, you have to be an investor with a baseline foundation of, uh, you have to look at, with you have to actually have an understanding of the principles of, of investing, right? You can't, mm -hmm. you're, you're, you, you can't spend more than you actually have an income and just basic fundamental principles like that. And as long as we keep in line with the principles that we're establishing, I think you can scale the, as Marianne says, our, our business or our properties and our investments in an appropriate way. Nice. I love like one thing that really stands out to me is like you gave a choice where a lot of spouses that we've talked to, one is kind of the driver saying, this is what we're going to do. And the other mm -hmm. one just kind of has to go along for the ride. <laughs> but I love how you um, kind of like, like you said, here's A, B and C. And that way, like Mav, you can look at that and say, well, obviously B looks like our best solution, you know, or you talk it out. That's really cool. Yeah. I feel like life is like that. You have options for everything. Um, and you just have to kind of discover what those options are. Mm. And each choice will have um, different outcomes. And so um, you just have to be okay with what the outcomes might potentially be. Um, and okay with, you know, if this doesn't work out, can't blame each other like it's just happens, nice. you know like you can't really do um it's not like he has a crystal ball and can say okay well this market's gonna explode or i mean it's the same thing that you guys deal with with real wealth network i'm sure you get people who are like well i thought this market was gonna do really well or this was gonna happen i'm like you can do as much as research as you can but at the end of the day we make our own decisions right yeah mm -hmm. and like that oh yeah we know it as <laughs> a couple <laughs> yeah. who invest as well yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure yeah you can't control everything i mean we've had a couple of property managers implode on us and didn't get our deposits back i mean things do happen but over the long haul that's really what you got to focus on that the end goal like you guys have and so many people don't don't have that they don't sit down together and and look at their budget and look at the at the planning i mean we got to get we, we haven't done that for a little while yeah. <laughs> we well we just we just did it last week <laughs> yeah, we, <laughs> we went through, through our budget line item by line item yeah, it was yeah. pretty cool yeah, yeah cool. just kind of our pnl and and all that so um you know real estate is not always smooth sailing as you said so what challenges have you experienced i think you know so when you invested in the first property Kirk, um, the one in, in ohio um i think because it was our only investment property um, when you get a vacancy or an eviction or um, a, a tenant doesn't doesn't pay on time, you definitely feel the hit 
harder the first time. And I think sure. it was, um, for, for me, it was just getting out of the mindset of like, well, the more that you accumulate over time, you don't feel it as much. And, um, you know, with 2020 being um, with everything that happened, of course, you're going to get some vacancies or people that can't pay on time. But because we've accumulated or and invested in more, we, it almost it's like it was just kind of happening in the background and you didn't mm, really nice. feel it. Um, and you, of course, follow the steps of um, of having that safety net um, to kind of make sure you're accounting for situations like this and the unknown. Um, and so I think it's just realizing as a first time investor that don't get stuck on just what's happening with that one home for the first time and then give up. I mean, we have, we have friends who um, are, are going through a similar experience in the, in the first time where they're like, Oh yes. Like, you know, we don't know how this is going to work out because we've had a vacancy a couple times. Um, and, you know, our advice to them was like, you're going to of course feel it because you only have one. Yeah. Um, and so um, I think that's what I had to um, remind myself, especially as like a person that doesn't take as many risks as, as Ryan would is like, remind myself, okay, we're feeling it more the first time. Um, and so that was like a learning for me. I don't know if there was um, yeah. anything. And similarly, when uh, our friends ask us about that, I, I bust out another spreadsheet to show them like <laughs> over, over time. And if you look at the, the macro view, yeah, take a step back before, because oftentimes when, as an investor, I think the, the hardest part is we're so siloed, right? Because we've worked so hard to invest such a large chunk of money that we're, we're only looking at the now and at this one property. And you often have to take a, a step back. And again, this is the realization that time is an, it's a valuable asset that most people don't understand and how to yeah. leverage it. So I think if you take into account the, the timing aspect of it all, it's not about the next two months, but what do you, what does the picture look like in five years, 10 mm -hmm. years, 20 years, right? And are you able to replicate and are you able to scale? Are you able to, what does this look like for you? So I think for me, the biggest part was getting over the hurdle of not looking at the picture siloed and then looking at the overall macro view. Once I got over, for me personally, once I got over that aspect, it was a lot easier to make these other risks because it's like, okay, well, now we're just mitigating risk by buying more properties, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the biggest thing is as an investor, you just have to keep mitigating your risk almost down to zero. So, um, yeah. And yeah it's there. almost like you're creating a mutual fund of properties, right. <laughs> yeah. you know, right. your own. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I think, we're, you know, we're still learning. I'm sure that we'll come up with other hiccups along the way. And, um, you know, even as we're learning about taxes and, mm -hmm. um, and and all that stuff that comes into play um, when you have more real estate, there's just so many things that we're uncovering and and trying to do our own research and um, you know coming to your guys's um, events that you hold um, really helps and just kind of hearing from others and some of the experts. Um, so that's always is good is the continuous learning aspect. Yeah, yeah. One of the things you said earlier was uh, your first property you were really eager to pay it off and and that's kind of a uh, like a desperate desperate security move right I just want yeah. it paid off but then as you get to understand and learn more as you have you go well wait a minute I can borrow money at four percent I know I can make more than four yeah. percent on these investments right so yeah. then it makes no sense to have it paid off but right exactly and like for us I was you know as we're thinking through this now like the the rates are so great <laughs> so mm -hmm. like 
even thinking through like refinancing or, um, I mean, with the rates being so low and looking out, you know, just a few years, what inflation looks like, it's almost like this is the golden opportunity to look at, especially Mm -hmm. during the time, like, you know, when they always say, oh, it's always hard to find the opportunity when it's like the most uncertain, but it's like, this is the rates being this low and it's already been shown through studies that inflation is going to creep up. And it's Mm -hmm. only a matter of time that the Fed will increase. And so all these play back into a decision of like, how do I mitigate my risk? It's actually more risky not to do anything now than to do something. Right. So yeah. um, you That's just right. have to look at the, try to see all the, all the cards on the table before making a decision. Yeah. Yeah. Borrow as much cheap debt as you can, because mm-hmm. with inflation, the asset you buy goes up in value and the debt just kind of goes down and Rents go up. It's you're you're absolutely right about that. That's true. What's your uh, approach around reserves? For do you do it a, a certain amount per property, certain amount of months, or is it an overall for your whole portfolio? Yeah. Um, so the way we look at it is we look at our, our portfolio of properties, and then we also look at uh, our overall life expense, uh, our, our personal expense. So Great. for us, again, this goes back to that foundational piece where we always tell our friends when they ask us, like, okay, what are what are some basic things we need to know? I was like, okay, first of all, before you invest anything, let's look at your foundational emergency fund, right? You, for us, before, I'm, I'm a paranoid person, so I, we used to have at least a year's worth, and I was like, no, that's a little too much. It's a little uh, it's a little too much. So now we have like six months reserves, mm-hmm. and then for every property we have, we have about four to six months worth of mortgage payments. So right. um, for every single property, that Good is. And for us, again, it's just one of those where it's like, okay, yes, it's money that sits there, but also we mitigate the risk if there is vacancies, which could be a possibility. But again, the cash flow still works out and that we might not have to worry about dipping into these funds. But again, it's one of those things where this is probably just me being more paranoid of situations. (laughs) (laughs) The risk taker who's paranoid. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, and I think um, also it's, you know, we try to live by the rule of, um, can we live off of one income? So if like something were to happen to me or to Ryan, like what um, can, can one survive off of that one income? Um, And it kind of goes back to that story of um, your story, Kathy, when you um, talked about uh, selling your Lafayette, I think it was in Lafayette, is that right? Mm -hmm. Lafayette home and, um, you know, all the things that you had to do um, during that period, um, we kind of try to live by a similar model because you just never know what tomorrow may bring, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So here's the big and maybe final question. Uh, now that you're learning, you know, the tax benefits and that you can offset your income with all the uh, write-offs you have, who will quit their job first? <laughs> <laughs> This is a daily question that we have. Yeah, I think um, I, uh, <laughs> um, we have this post-it on the fridge. I'm look, pointing at the fridge and it says the number of months. Um, so right now I'm on 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 the line to, to quit first. Um, but I am having, I, I would have to say, I am having a hard time. Each day is different. Like some days I'm like, am I ready to let go of this mm-hmm. part? Um, but I have to think of it in a different way. Like perhaps it's, um, again, thinking through, well, what are the possibilities? Like I'm not letting it go, but there just might be something else. And, um, for us kind of going back to what our, one of our goals is to give back to the community and to teach people, um, 
similar to what your guys' goals are to teach people in these underserved communities mm. um, awesome. the opportunity. Because I think that's what's missing in in education is people don't learn about this stuff. They don't oh. learn about saving. <laughs> they don't learn about investing. They don't learn about finances. And especially in communities that um, are underserved, um, that's not um, that is not something that that commonly happens. And we're parents to an adopted child, and we've got to see um, our son. Who, who is black and we went into some of these communities through our experience um, and saw firsthand um, the lack of opportunity and the lack of education and what it could do. And so for us in the long game, um, that is the ultimate goal. Um, and so we're working towards basically towards that so we can start to focus on, on kind of bigger things in life. Wow, you guys are so that. inspiring. I love so it. So inspiring. Wow. I, yeah, I could not agree more. Our, our gardener showed up in a he's 18 and he showed up in a really hot new red car and i'm like kevin yeah brand new car. <laughs> buying a car before a house <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyway good for you yeah got to get yeah. the information out there yes for sure <laughs> yeah i think that's that's the summation that's the end game for us at least for us we have this wealth of knowledge we're blessed to have it and i think as we continue to grow and learn, it's it's helping people establish themselves, get their footing, but also advance in life, right? So um, that's the ultimate goal as to, I mean, I, I, as much as I love tech, it's not the, <laughs> it's not the thing I want to be doing until I'm, I'm older. It's not the dream, huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, it's good. It's a, people work really hard and can, um, they do, tech has done a lot of great things for the world, um, but there are other sectors that need a lot of help too. Um, and you know, we saw that in 2020. Um, we'll continue to see that as um, as the, the the divide happens between um, mm -hmm. the rich and the poor. That's that's going to become even greater with inflation. And so, um, we're definitely going to see that. And I think um, it's you have to have some people in this world that that step up to the plate to take on some of those challenges. So, um, I'm almost kind of opening my arms and welcoming that opportunity and, and really hoping that that comes sooner rather than later. <laughs> awesome. Well, it sounds like you're already doing it with a bunch of your friends. It's super yeah. cool. It's a, uh, it's exactly what's happened for us in the beginning. We had friends asking us what we were doing and how we were doing it. And Kathy said, we should form a little group of investors. <laughs> like, that group's gotten a little bit big. <laughs> it's just a little bit. Yeah. 54,000 friends now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so one final tip to our our listeners, maybe somebody who hasn't quite pulled the trigger yet and bought their first property. Final tip? Go ahead. No, you go first. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think final tip would be uh, read. Read a lot. Mm -hmm. Read and research. And if you don't know, keep on reading. And I think when the time comes don't be afraid to invest because I think at the end of the day, mm. if you save or if you're just a saver, it's there's the end game's going to look a little bit different than if you're an investor. A lot different. Yeah. yeah. A lot different. I told me that, uh, you know, the way I look at it is an algorithm or a, a formula of, of time times money equals freedom. And so even if you don't invest and you just keep saving, it's, it's like multiplying against zero. It's still zero. Right, mm -hmm. so your 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 end game is still zero, and so um, yeah, I would highly consider 
thinking about the fact that yes, do your research, but then take the jump. Take action. <laughs> take action. And map. Yeah, I think um, you know a lot. The term "work hard," work hard, work smarter, not harder. It's has some truth, but investing is also working pretty hard. I mean, I don't think mm -hmm. that you people think, oh, you have money and you can just put it into a property and you don't have to think about it. I'm like, no, right. there's still a lot of things you have to think about. There's still a lot of tabs that you have to, um, you know, check the boxes and make sure that sure. things are going. And um, so it's still a business in itself. Um, and you have to kind of be the CEO of your own business and, and yeah. manage that. And so while you can work smarter, um, there's still some hard work that comes along with it. And eventually it'll get easier, um, but you got to put in the time now. And so that's what we're trying to do right now um, so that we could um, lead towards, you know, that financial freedom and, and opportunity to help other communities. And so, um, yeah, I think um, there's still work harder piece in the work smart. So that's, I think, the biggest tip for me. I love that because you said something about early, Ryan, you were saying about, you know, there's different types of assets, you know, and it goes beyond just money. It's also time, but it's also like your kid. So it's like, yeah, you got to, we have to invest in our assets, which means nurture those assets and take care of them. So that makes a lot of sense. That's great. Mm -hmm. All right, you too. Well, it has been such a pleasure to have you here. Such an inspiration. Yeah, thank you. I can't wait to have you back um, to hear maybe a year from now where you where you're at in the plan or three years when you're <laughs> doing whatever it is you're planning on doing. <laughs> well, yeah. For the opportunity, we really admire um, everything that you guys are doing. Um, we love hearing the stories from other people um, and taking advantage, obviously, of um, of your team and, and consulting with them on a regular basis. So um, we appreciate you guys uh, really opening up the doors and kind of expanding our minds to to think through the possibilities. Thank you for that. Awesome. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank really you. <laughs> And thank you for joining us here on The Real Wealth Show. We have more Real Wealth stories coming. And uh, if you want to hear any of our past shows, you can go to realwealthshow.com. See ya. See you next time. Bye-bye.